0: This
1: is A Lot to Learn with Austin Rogers. For the guy who knows everything, he's still got a
2: lot to learn. Without further ado, here's Austin. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I have no idea what time it is because this is a podcast. so You're listening to it whenever you might be listening to it. We have a very, very interesting guest today. His name is Narash and he works for an organization called TRIBE, T-R-Y-B-E in Singapore that is an outreach, a community outreach organization that reaches out to at-risk and uh, uh, crime-inflicted, affected youth and reforms and reintegrates and prevents recidivism. Now, Welcome, by
1: the way. Hi, hi.
2: Uh, this is going to be great because from a Western perspective, being uh, you know a New Yorker and listening to a predominantly Western audience, we think of Singapore as this porcelain state. There is no crime. Everything is perfect and orderly. Mm-hmm. But clearly, you have work to do, so that's not the case. Tell me, what is... The youth crime, like in Singapore, a place where most people don't think has crime.
1: Okay, in Singapore, right, we do have a decreasing trend in terms of the youth arrest, where crimes like um, shop theft and possession of weapons are the one noted to have a upward trend.
2: What was uh, what was the other crime that is on the downward side?
1: The rest of the other crimes like um, violent crimes, gang, and um, I think th- th- some of that. But mo- but but uh, but shoplifting and and
2: weapon possession is on the uprise. Yes. Um, okay, so the at-risk youth that you're working with. Um, what sort of lines does it cross? Is it an ethnic line, a religious line, a racial line, a socioeconomic line? Because again, we're, we're here in Singapore and we think of this as a very multi-ethnic state, but a very orderly one. So what sort of, what sort of indicators do you look for to sort of find, uh, or, or, or where, where does the crime come from? Is it in specific neighborhoods?
1: Okay. So for... In Singapore, I think right now we are seeing a merging uh, social economic uh, trend. That means basically, we are seeing people who we used to see people who have uh, material deprivation, mm-hmm. whereby they they didn't have enough, and so therefore they were the those ki- kids who lived around that were having. Uh, arise in uh, delinquency However, right now we are also seeing uh, Children who face uh, emotional deprivation uh, For example, where the parents are absent Because they are working Right And uh, these children come from middle class uh, incomes
2: Interesting and, So it's uh, just not the realm of the so-called uh, of the of the less the less fortunate, there are there is there is middle class crime as well. That's right. Yeah, um, and and that stems from you know emotional issues, yes, uh, neglect or abusive homes or things along those lines. That's right. Yeah, um, so so discuss. We know we now know where the crime comes from. Discuss your roles and how you and how you help children and how you help them bring them back into after after they've fallen into onto hard times, bring them back in and some of the methodologies and techniques that you use that might be of help for you know anyone in the world who wants to help at-risk youth.
1: So what I really do is I focus on healing their past. Uh, rather than trying to manage their behaviors, really to put a trauma lens. So some of these children have experienced some kind of trauma in mm. their life mm-hmm. because of adverse childhood experiences, and help uh, understanding that helps us to really understand the youth and what they have gone through. So I mean, like I can give you an example. Please do. Right, I have a boy who had um, uh, gone through. Uh, very bad state of life Whereby his uh, parents were divorced at, at the earlier on of his life And he had to choose where he needed to go to And when he went and lived with his mother Most of the time he was faced with uh, Verbal abuse and material deprivation And what happened is In, in his neighbourhood uh, He would be exposed to youth Who are glue sniffing And who take other kind of drugs And he found that belonging over there And then he will just go into this whole um, cycle of uh, constant abuse from the mother, and him going to be caught by the. uh, He will commit an offense and be caught by the police, and then he will. Going into this whole cycle over and over again. He was incarcerated, uh, put in juvenile homes, and then he was discharged, and then he will be put back in another right. kind of uh, drug rehab center, and then he will come back again into the institution.
2: And this is uni- this is a universal experience. I mean this this happens in the United States. This happens in the United Kingdom, where you know you get you. The, what's the the old phrase? You start running with the wrong crowd, yes. and then it just spirals out of control, and it becomes a never ending cycle. So now we've 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 found this boy, and we've he's he's been in and out of both homes and incarceration. And how do we how do we bring someone back into the fold? How do we? Yeah. I, I you you said you addressed the past, so I don't want to use the word fix someone because how do we reform someone?
1: So that. Just writing on that same on that same note, healing is really about going back to the past and fixing what has happened, so that he can live with the past in the present, and he doesn't let the past repeat whatever is happening in the present. So it's really, um, for him, he has internalised his mother's voice, right? The voice uh, that is condescending and critical and trying to put him down most of the time. I go in and I work with him and I help him to internalise a positive voice, a one that nurtures him And the one that t- tells him That it is okay to make mistakes And you can move on And such, um, uh, such things take a, a bit more longer time uh, for for that healing to start to take place in him
2: right and you have you have a degree in psychology so you're you're utilizing scientific approaches to this this is this is a, right. this is a based methodology um d- discuss a little bit about how what what are the mechanics of trying to rewire that voice in the head? I mean, what, what what are the on-the-ground techniques? I mean, how do you encourage someone to rewire themselves and eliminate this internal dialogue that is of echo of the past and so harmful?
1: So for, for me, I, I take on the modality of... Uh, schema therapy. So actually what I do is... I
2: do not know what that means. Can you please tell us what schema therapy means?
1: Yes. So what we do is we work on the childhood memories and try to desensitize the memories so that the person can cope better Uh, with life right now right like
2: an example how how would we how would we implement that give me an example so uh for example with this this young man who has uh who has had an abusive mother how how do you desensitize or decouple those bad emotions how do you delve into the mind and I mean, is it through yeah. repetition? Is it through caring? Is it through I? I don't I don't know how this works. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So basically, what we do is we bring uh, the client into a room and help him to focus. So we will bring him into a safe space in his mind and through imagery. So we ask him to imagine what ha- uh, what is a safe space, and thereafter we go to an incident whereby um, I will lead him or facilitate him into an incident where he can uh, imagine what has recently happened, which has a very huge emotional impact on him, like anger, right? And then once he is able to describe what has happened there and he's able to fully have that emotion of anger, I will ask him to now go back to 10 when he was 10 years old or below and to see whether um, what memory comes up. Right. And then I will uh, be there in that memory with him and try to desensitize the memory as I work with him on that memory that he is having that is so intense. Uh, maybe at, at that moment, his mother was beating him or scolding him and asking him to get out of the house. Uh, I will be in that memory and try to reverse that, that process.
2: Wow. I mean, it's it is, it is it's mental time travel yeah uh, that's that's remarkable and and it's got be it 's got to be immensely difficult to uh get the onset of that because we're dealing with you know troubled youths and I can imagine an authority figure being like, Tell us about that bad time and just you know mm. swearing and abuse backwards because that 's the only way you know how to react, which is lashing out so uh, how do you how do you crack that hard outer shell to finally get someone to Someone who knows that vulnerability or feels that vulnerability is weakness, how do you get that vulnerability to get that initial contact where you're like, now we could begin the healing?
1: So I think what we do is we try not to be that authoritative figure. Right. We
2: try but to- everyone looks like an authority figure to someone who's sort of been in this crowd or
1: had these problems, you know? Yeah, so we we try to have an approach where we tell them to call us by our names, mm-hmm. and we tell them that we are your friend and we are here to help you and journey with you. And so you can call us even in that time where you are having a crisis. And what I do is I avail myself and I will go to them in their moment of crisis, right? So that it kind of mimics how a friend would, uh, a very good friend would do, to uh, to help you when you are in a uh, troubled time.
2: And and what if what if this troubled young man doesn't call out? Doesn't doesn't he? You you've tried, you've gotten some progress, and then all of a sudden, three weeks later, you find out that he's with that gang again or he's with that group again. Uh, how do you how do you try to pull him back again? You know, because I'm assuming this is a, in some cases a very long approach because that's how crime works. You know. So, for. How do you remain engaged, you know, in someone who might not want
1: you to remain engaged, but you being engaged is what heals? Yes. So, we continue to be a non judgmental figure. However, we will be, for, for me, uh, I will be there and to let the youth know that I already know that he is back in his gangs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will ask him, how can I work with him? so that he can move out of those situations that might put him in a compromising place or help him him to commit crimes, you know? Right, right.
2: Um, Have you ever watched the American show on HBO, The Wire? No, not really. I'm going to give you a recommendation that you should actually very much watch this show, The Wire. It follows... uh, Young drug dealer gangs in Baltimore in the 1990s. And one of the heroes of the show, well, heroes is a loose word because everyone's got some moral ambivalence. It's a really good <laughs> show, uh, is a teacher and he was a former police officer who became a teacher and he keeps trying to reach out to these kids and and another another mentor in it is a former gang member who opens a boxing gym and he keeps trying to reach out to the kids reach out to the kids and eventually sort of the the onus of the wire is that you know life is bad and they keep trying to reach out they keep trying to reach out and eventually they reach a breaking point and they're like, I just can't do this anymore because I thought I broke through to this child. I thought I broke through, broke through to this young man and I just give up. It's worn me down. How do you maintain a positive attitude and not get worn down and know that you can, you can reach someone and also how do you reconcile it if you can't?
1: Okay. So this is a deep question, right? Yes, it is. So um, We try
2: not to be deep here, but we got deep.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I think um, we, we try to understand the youth and we know that youth don't change overnight. So, in the, in the light of youth don't change overnight, we kind of have to see that every relapse or every mistake that he makes is a chance for us to help him to learn what may be right. But is to continue to show that you are a stable, positive figure out there crazy enough for him to <laughs> understand that why is this guy pursuing me even when I'm not pursuing him? Why does this guy come to my house and sit in my house when I do not want to talk to him? Right. And why is he doing this every week, day in, day out? He's calling me, he's messaging me. It's really about, you know, uh, they, they can be persistent in uh, whatever they are doing, but we can be patient and, pers- uh, and persist in that patience to kind of break through that um, hardened uh, uh, persona they are trying to put forth to us.
2: Right. So there's, there's. by the way, I've got some ex-girlfriends in which that approach did not work. I'll tell you that. Just straight <laughs> up didn't work. I'm always there for you, no matter how bad you are. And they'd be like, bye! Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so in, in essence, there's an element, well, like... So you're you're a troubled young man on the street and what do you expect? You expect the guy with the cred, the guy who has the swagger to be the guy that you respect. And in essence, by being this persistent and showing up, you're demonstrating that kind of swagger, just not in not in the same way, but you're you're sort of transposing the swagger of a gang leader to the persistence. This is this is a kind of cred. This is a kind of like I've got the cred now because look how tough I am to keep doing this and That's right. and you earn respect that way. Yeah. 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 Um and then the the sad case is you know what happens if it, it what happens if there's just a time that you just have to or you're forced to or it just happens where you just you give up. And I I this case is this case is over. I I cannot salvage this. I mean, does that happen? And if it does, how do you work through that?
1: So I think um, we don't give up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't give up. Uh, I continue to persist, right? Even though the youth uh, may be outrightly lying to me, mm-hmm. I try to put that uh, uh, to them, right? Empathically. And uh, I'll try to see what, what other means, right? Uh, within their own environment where I can change so to bring about the change. But even if that doesn't work, then I will put it to the youth um, in that sense and ask the youth if what I'm doing right, is actually causing him more harm mm-hmm. or is, does he want me to continue? Right. And if he doesn't want me to continue, then there will be...
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring.
1: be a time in uh, or a threshold after working for many months uh there are times where we do for one or two of the cases we have just closed unsuccessfully
2: that's that and obviously that's a, a terrible thing yes. now what are you, you try to you try to influence the environment if you can't influence him so what are the environmental factors that you try to alter to alter the person
1: Yes, so like the story, uh, the uh, the movie that you're talking about, the wire. Yes, so we, we try to uh, find um, stuff of the uh, interests. Uh, Things that interest them Mm -hmm. So that we can put them into it So for example Like uh, Maybe some of the boys They like fighting So we try to put them In like a boxing gym
2: Boxing seems to come up a lot in, in, uh, In Singapore It seems pretty integral To the culture And it seems to be doing A lot of good actually Yeah Yeah
1: so I, I have done that I've put some of my youths in um, a boxing uh, gym called Spartans yep and um, I, I think that's one of the ways they just we are able to just get them off the streets and uh, help them to mix around with uh, people who want to nurture them right and yeah
2: so that's a way to alter the environment and also to you know assist in the heavy lifting because you can't possibly do this all alone yes. and there's the cliche it takes a village so clearly an organization like Spartans which by the way we in- interviewed Russell Harrison uh, yes. that's how we know one another uh, is doing good in that way so what what other what other outlets can you sort of harness in your arsenal to sort of Uh, change the environment and change the attitude?
1: So one of the other ways that we do is really, right, uh, it can be boxing, it can be badminton, it can be canoe polo. We have tried to link the youth to such sports activities. Mm -hmm. And we don't just link them, right? Sometimes the linkage doesn't work. So we are also part of that community and we become part of the environment that uh, pursues them even on attendance issues and attitude issues when they are there. So that, that kind of changes how they view the particular um, interest group that we are putting them in. So you
2: are this is this is you actively on the street walking, going door to door on a daily basis. That's y- right. Because the visibility is the necessity. Correct. That's right. So walk me through walk me through a day, Narash. Walk me. Okay. One of, one of <laughs> a, a a typical day. You know, because this what you're talking about. These, these issues are universal. They're not just Western or That's Asian. Or, and, and abuse is abuse. Crime is crime. Delinquency is delinquency. I'm sure there's idiosyncrasies within each culture. But I think what you're saying could be of value to any potential caregiver in nearly any society. So let's see how, let's see how you work on a da- daily basis. And let's see if we could help others if they're in this line of work.
1: All right. So actually, I, I am really uh, the youth's uh, one of the support system, one mm-hmm. of the youth support system. We so when I wake up in the morning, right, and I go to work, uh, typically what we will do, uh, I will do is most probably I'm checking uh, if all my boys have gone to school. Got it, got to start somewhere Yeah, and then um, to see if the teachers have any comments about the boys not going to school So kind of verify that And then after that, if there are any boys that have not gone to school We kind of try to find out what happened to them Right, and if there is a youth on that uh, day who have not gone um, to school multiple of times, right, multiple times, then we kind of follow up. So what I do is, I will have my first home visit. Mm-hmm. And I will go to the home of the child mm-hmm. to find out what's happening. Yeah. Um, and then after that, uh, in the rest of the day, I can also continue to do home visits, which is uh, the, because some of the parents aren't available in the normal time. It's because they're working, right? So I work much later than that. So after six, that's when my real work starts to happen. Where I start to do home uh, a few more home visits. Right. And uh, talk to parents, families, and try to see if there's anything happening in, in, in the environment for the child and try to fix it. Right. And also at night, most of the youths are really active. Yep. And they, I mean, that's, that's their day, I think. So... Um, that's when things like crime starts to happen, right, and uh, that's when I'm also always kind of hyper vigilant trying to find out what's happening, or the youth will try to contact me and say they are in a in a trouble, yep, or they are feeling suicidal, yep, yeah, it all happens at night, So I kind of make sure that I'm available for them even in that period of time
2: you're you're this is a twenty four hour a day job. I yeah. mean, this is, you don't, you don't sleep much, do you? And
1: so some people say that I
2: don't sleep <laughs> much. <laughs> um, what, what, what do you do when you encounter uh, ambivalent or even worse, hostile parents? Because I'm assuming if you're from a broken home, it's broken start to finish, top to bottom. Um, how, how do you deal, now you're dealing with hostile adults, you know? I mean, how does how does one steal themselves for that encounter?
1: Yeah, so th- there is such a co- encounters, definitely. And the ambivalent ones are easy, right? Because you just need to keep on showing up, like how you show up for the youth, right? And okay, they I got, kinda it. yeah, open up, yeah. Those hostile ones, some of them may be drunk. Right So I do take precautions uh, In terms of uh, what, what I'm going to face mm-hmm. So if they Are hostile towards me Definitely I'm not Going to engage them Yeah But usually Because they already know That I'm helping their child They will They will not Try to be hostile They have They may shout And uh, most of the time They have apologised The next day For their bad behaviour
2: So they're 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 Most of the time Aware of this You know Yes Yeah Um Now, back to the not sleeping, Um, I'm told by some reliable sources that you have a very interesting nickname of Batman amongst some of your boys. Yes. Uh, Okay. Well, how did you earn this pretty powerful moniker of Batman
1: amongst, you know, pretty tough kids? So, I think this story goes really way back long, right? Uh, but um, what happened is that I, when I first uh, got into the job, I was in, the, in, in a hostel called Singapore Boys Hostel. Mm-hmm. And what I did is I studied the culture of gangs and I just went to ask every youth that I knew about the gang get to know the name of the gang leaders and uh, build my um, knowledge on gangs right so much so that my knowledge is uh, currently even better than some of the youths. <laughs> and more than that, I also... You're not uh, in that gang, you're in that gang.
2: And I know that. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: and, and, and kind of have connections to some of the gang leaders also, mm-hmm. right? And to know where certain drug activity may take place, uh, where certain um, illegal stuff uh, being sold and stuff like that. Right. So uh, w- when the youths kind of know that, and then when they have not tell me something, for example, they have not told me that they have done something wrong, uh, and I kind of show up, and then I said, "Hi, I think that we need to talk."
2: Right, and that's
1: like a Batman just appeared, you know?
2: Because you already knew, yes, because you heard from someone else, yes. And so here is the kid that you're trying to reach, and he knows he's doing something bad, and you show up, and you go, "What are you doing?" And he goes. How did you know this? Yes. So then, then, then you've got some shame on your hands, right? Yeah. Uh, but
1: but I think um, the how what do you do this? Why do you do this? Uh, I, I will not ask why do you do this. I will just really ask what happened, right? Right. So the youth can also have that uh, chance to say what has happened and, and not feel that I'm blaming the child.
2: Right, right, right.
1: So they don't run away. So some of them feel that I, I, I know too much stuff. So it's like uh, that makes the Batman right. So some of them <laughs> do not know whether I'm the good or the bad. But I'm always doing good for them, right?
2: Well, Batman does good in an unorthodox way. So That's right. I, I, I think again back to the uh, the concept of like street cred. That's. That's a pretty tough way to get through to some to some uh, to some very tough kids. Yes. Um, now, what's what's the next step? You've 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 reformed someone. You've you've got them on the straight narrow path. They're they're showing up to school. They're 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 doing all their work. Uh, their parents are you know enthusiastic about their performance. You do you start these kids on the road to mentorship to help others. I mean, what, what's the in, what's the full end game of integration after you've? I don't want to use the word cured because that's not the proper yeah. term. But after you've reformed someone, what's 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 the end result?
1: Really, for for me uh, right now, it's uh, once they have a shift in their identity and dreams they have uh, realized that they can change their sense of self and um, they are ready. We feature them and we get their stories to be heard so that their stories will inspire other stories. Right. So it's kind of a advocacy kind of work that uh, they will also be involved in at the end of, not really end, at the beginning of their dreams and they are achieving something. Uh, success. And we will actually feature them and we will share it with the rest of the other boys so that they know that actually it's not too far away. They can do it too.
2: Right. And this this would be done at the hostel that you manage, correct?
1: Uh, Yeah. This will be done at the hostel. It can be done in the community where we can uh, show them uh, who was featured.
2: Tell me the purpose of the hostel. The hostel is after release from jail or something like that, or after release from uh, it's 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 a halfway house or uh, explain to me the uh, the methodology of oh. the hostel.
1: So the hostel is actually a place um, to house boys who have uh, committed a crime mm-hmm. and they are sentenced into the juvenile institution, which mm-hmm. is actually the Singapore Boys Hostel. Right, right. So for a period of uh, up to twelve months. Right. It can be less six or nine, but usually it's a 12-month period where their rehabilitation actually starts there, where they were teaching. It starts
2: within the criminal justice system. Yes, that's right. Well, the United States should definitely take note of that because we do not... No, no, I can say what I want about my government. Uh, <laughs> trust me, I do all the time. Uh, well, that no, that is something that the, the Americans can really learn from because... There's a there's this overarching uh, trend in uh, the United States called the school to prison pipeline. Right, if you commit an infraction in school, rather than being chastised by a teacher, the police are involved, and now you're in the delinquency system, and then you uh, recidivize. I don't know if recidivize is a word, but recidivism occurs, and then this kid went from being punished in sixth grade, policed. It, and arrested in sixth grade, age 12, 13 years old, mm-hmm. to uh, prison at 17, because that's when you can go to prison. So, the Singaporean government has reintegration built into their policing system, into their criminal justice system. The, the rehabilitation part. Yes. Is, is in there. Yes. It's because, Wow. I, I, it, tell me how that works Because as an American We need to know this We need to, we need to stop this school to prison pipeline As they call it so, so, w- But also, well, no, there's another <laughs> thing uh, Our prisons are sometimes are privatized So they make a lot of money By imprisoning people <laughs> Again, that's me making fun of my government Not... Na-na-na-na. Okay, anyway, please Tell me how we can help how, what, what the American can take from this
1: so, in, in the hostel itself, um, we uh, we kind of not make it a prison kind, right? So, wh- what we really do is we give them a structure mm-hmm. and all that. So, a uh, time to wake up uh, because some of these children come from uh, non-structured background. They don't really wake up in the morning, right? Right. And so, that's why they're committing the crime. So, we kind of uh, make them sleep. We make them wake up, right? And then... Uh, They have food and all. But I think what is happening is that we put in people who will coach them on a a smaller group basis. So we manage them in groups, in small groups. Right. Right. Like up to like 12 people in one group. Yeah. Right. And we do even like restorative sessions uh, within the group because sometimes in the group there may be group dynamics that go wrong.
2: What's a restorative session?
1: Where they come in a circle and they kind of talk, uh, talk it out. Oh,
2: okay, yeah, okay, understood, yeah.
1: And to and it's it's a kind of a very fair system. So the staff is always trying to talk to them rather than trying to punish them mm-hmm. and um, uh, explain to them what they have done done wrong and what they can do right and and really to give chance first, even in even when they are in the institution, right. So that they don't get punished for every single thing that they are doing.
2: Yeah, and that is not how it works in the United States of America. It's essentially, from my understanding and from what I've read, quite a bit is throw away the key and just let it go. Yeah. Um. So that that is that is so, incredibly fascinating. Now, yeah. oh, oh, continue, continue. Yeah. And,
1: and so we don't only do do that. We even release them right at the first week. They can go go back home mm-hmm. and uh, be with their family in the for the weekend to have meals with them. Right. Right. And we also uh, reintegrate them back into schools. At a very early stage, within the first two two to three weeks, but meanwhile, you are still residing in the hostel that's
2: right, so you're residing in the hostel, you've got structure, but you're still going to school, yes, which also means you still have to come back to the hostel yes. right
1: you can go to work also and come back Wow. Um, and, and at night there is like programs where they are teaching them h- how to cope with life. So like life skill causes kind, right? How to manage stress, how to uh, manage your anger, uh, how to relate to people, how to talk to people properly, right? So that you can, th- th- this will increase the chances of you reintegrating back into the society.
2: I um, I don't know if you can hear this, but I can hear myself rolling my eyes right now. On how incredible this government program is, and I'm rolling the eyes because of how unincredible it is on my side of the Pacific Ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't. I don't even know what to say right now because I'm in awe that someone would take this much care to. Do something right for once, <laughs> USA, USA, <laughs> USA. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know where to go from here. I'm, I'm literally. I'm literally at a loss because of how ill-behaved my government is. Um, <laughs> You tell me something. Help me out here. I, I, I'm. I, this is the first time I've ever just hit a mental block because I'm so frustrated right now. <laughs> Add to this, please. Help me out here. I, I, I'm not so sure. <laughs> oh, oh, we're 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 both we're both done here. We're both done. <laughs> oh God, I, I I I'm literally frustrated at hearing how good this Singaporean. pro... pro program
1: is, okay, yeah, oh. But I, I really believe that uh, rehabilitation and reintegration should start at a very early age so that they don't be, they are not so comfortable in the juvenile system and become part of that whole juvenile system and their mindsets are fixed and they are not going to yes. reintegrate. It's going to be very difficult after some time.
2: Okay, Narashi, thank you for bringing us back on. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So you, you address it immediately. And yes, we do not address it immediately. The juvenile system becomes cyclical, which leads in, in, inevitably into the criminal justice system. Right. Um, so now, this, uh, this young man who's had structure and has been released for school and comes back, now his, um, his, his term is up in, in the hostel. What, what, what happens now?
1: Then that's when I can Right. That's
2: where you come so
1: in. So I, I can come in like about two months before he discharge. Right. And then after that, I take him through the community reintegration phase where I really work on reintegrative issues whereby it can be uh, uh, money issues, right? To connect them to resources so that we can help them, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes it can be as um, basic as not having a bait in the house. so Not having a what? Bait. A bat? A bit, B E D. Oh, B E D, B E D. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, (laughs) sorry. Uh, A bit, yes. uh
2: Oh, right.
1: Yeah, so we, we kind of try to get the resources for them so they, they don't need to pump in the money, but we pump in so that they, they feel that their own home is a good environment to go back to.
2: This is how Tribe provides financial assistance.
1: Uh, We kind of connect them with the government's uh, financial assistance. Oh,
2: okay, okay. So, okay, un- understood. Oh, wait, the government helps people too? Yes. Oh, great. That's awesome. They provide Definitely. beds? Yeah? Uh, yeah? Oh, no, really, really nice. Sounds awesome. That would be really super cool if that happened. Happened. Great. We,
1: we have like a, um, a system where it's, that it's called Pass It On. So people go into the website and they, whatever they want to pass on to pe- uh, others, right, uh, they put it on the website. And uh, people like us who are from the charities, we are able to go and tap into these resources that's available.
2: And that's run by the government?
1: Uh, that's run by an organization. Oh, okay, yeah.
2: good. Well, at least an organization <laughs> did something and not done by what seems to be a pretty amazing government that helps people. That must be really nice. Uh, I don't know if you can hear in the background, but there's a couple other Singaporeans in here, and they're laughing at the greatest country on earth, the United States of America. <laughs> I'm, I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. <laughs> uh, and again, I'm like, this is going to be a deep, dark one where we're going to go down a realm of uh, of of some stuff that we don't want to talk about, but we have to. And it turns out to be me ragging on <laughs> my government, which, by the way, we're allowed to do, and we do it often. <laughs> um, so how, how, for those interested... Um, uh, in Singapore, uh, for those listening in Singapore and interested, because uh, you you when when this uh, debuts, you when this uh, episode air, airs, mm-hmm. I encourage you to share to get the word out in Singapore amongst fellow Singaporeans. Uh, what can they do to help a tribe right now? Uh, how how can they help their community if this seems uh, to be of interest to them?
1: So they can donate to us, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they can also come and volunteer with us to help make a difference in this youth's life. We really need a community uh, or village to raise the youth, right? So we believe that it takes a tribe to raise the youth. And that's why our, uh, our name, right, is not spelled T-R-I-B-E. It's T-R-Y-B-E. Yeah, yeah, because we put the youth in the middle of the tribe.
2: I see, I see. And, um, and how, can they, how can they help volunteer?
1: Uh, we have a website where mm-hmm. they can go go uh, go and sign up mm-hmm. and then uh our volunteer manager will call them
2: and is uh, is the website tribe.org the same place where you can donate as well That's right So um any any parting thoughts or advice that you could give to someone who is aspiring to be a caregiver Or someone who is in this line of work and, and you know Could just use the little added experience That you've got From your years of this
1: Yeah So it, I mean this comes from the US Right uh, It's mm. about so developmental, It might be awesome Yes mm. Developmental relationships Right uh, There's a research that is going on In Search Institute And and I, I kind of resound with what they say right? Okay It's really uh, important to express Care challenge growth, provide support, share power, and expand possibilities. And I think each child uh, comes with different temperament. Each child comes with different sets of problems and ideologies. And I think we need to kind of see how do you express care To the child Sometimes you may express Care to a child In a certain way But to another child It might be Totally a different thing And you need to express that In a Different manner To the child And sometimes We As adults Think that We have done it all And it's not working, right? How do we know it's not working? It's when the child is showing delinquent traits, right? So if someone is showing delinquent traits, I will not just say that the parent has done done everything perfectly, right? Uh, I mean, I'm not trying to be controversial here, but there might be something that the parent can do. And the question is how to make the connection with the youth so that we can find out what can we provide in terms of expressing care something more, right? Uh, Challenging growth, how do we do that? Provide support, share power and expand uh, possibilities. It's really about hearing the youth voice. Many times we say, yeah, but that's good for the youth, right? But we have never asked the youth whether that is good For him or her, come
2: from, learn from the bottom up, while rather than pushing from the top down. That's right. Yeah, pull, pull, pull up. Don't, don't push down with orders. Uh, Pull up through listening and through interaction, rather than demanding from the top down. Yes,
1: and and play. Right. We often think that once they are teenagers, uh, we we try to treat them like adults, and then when they treat, uh, they're still
2: growing minds and still growing bodies. They're and you know the toughness is there but maybe by cracking it open being like hey you want to do this and they're like no that's for little kids and then turns out like okay yeah i really want to do that but <laughs> someone's got to do it first right yeah someone can't be the one who like want to play kickball you know yeah. um wow this is really fascinating and i hope everyone learned a lot of stuff um Mr. Narash, thank you so much for joining us. If you want to donate, go to tribe.org, T R Y B E.org. And if you are in Singapore, please look them up and do the best to uh, volunteer and help at risk youth. And uh, I hope everyone learned something. And I hope if anyone's in trouble, they know where to look to. And I hope anyone who is in trouble has uh, someone like Narash looking out for them. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so
1: much.